There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Hill Turns and Headlocks podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon LaPrey, and with me, as always, the man who knows the way, Bear DiGiulio. You are just the most clever guy I know. And speaking of the way, well, loosely, uh, we're here to talk about NXT. And more specifically, we're here to talk about what I guess would be NXT's WrestleMania, a two-night NXT TakeOver event called Stand and Deliver that, holy crap, look at that card. Look at that other card. This is going to be awesome. 2021 and 2020, weird years in professional wrestling, but this is the kind of show that reminds everyone why they love what we love. And we're excited to talk about the show with you. We're not even going to do any any gesturing and and delaying the inevitable we're just going to get right into it because ladies and gentlemen the potential opening match on night one of nxt takeover stand and deliver it's not fair to put this kind of pressure of expectation but when we tell you what that match might be you'll probably agree that it's a legitimate potential match of the year candidate and that match is going to be between kushida and pete dunn Two of the absolute best technical wrestlers on the planet, both of whom have stolen the show at takeovers. I mean, Kushida coming off of that instant classic against Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. Pete Dunne coming off of an instant classic of his own against Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Decorated champions from all around the world. And Bear, now we get to see them go at it with the pressure of potentially setting the tone for a two-night event. And if there's any two guys in wrestling who can handle that pressure, Kushida and Pete Dunne certainly seem to fit the bill. So we saw the build to this match start in the the gauntlet eliminator uh, battle royal, right? They Pete Dunne and Kushida eliminate each other. And they were just, they were just brawling, you know, and Brian said it, these two guys are just technical savants. Is that the word I want to say? Maybe, I don't know, but the fact that like this potentially starts the show, both shows night one and two, like starts all of takeover. It's almost unfair to the rest of the card because they have to live up to this match. And if you've heard us preview shows before, you know, that I always like to say this match has all the potential to steal the show. It's just the truth here, you know, Kushida being so accomplished everywhere, but NXT at the moment, you know, unfortunately he does not have any NXT accolades, but in IWGP, he's a former six time IWGP junior heavyweight champion, two time IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champion. He won the best of the super juniors twice. He's won the super J cup. He's won the super junior tag tournament. He's a former ring of honor world television champion, you know, he just hasn't been able to translate that success quite yet to NXT. A win over 
a former NXT UK champion and Pete Dunne might do the trick for Kushida's career. I'm so excited to see this match because it doesn't even need much of a story, I guess, to build off on. These are just two technical beasts in Kushida and the bruiserweight Pete Dunne. And it's just, it's just, it's going to be a fight. It's not even going to be a wrestling match. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a technical fight. You know, these two are known for their, their striking ability, their tech, their submission maneuvers, all that good stuff. I'm very excited for this match. And if this does start night one, it truly is unfair to the rest of the card. Look, as Bear said, Kushida, one of the most accomplished junior heavyweights ever. You know, he is top 10 all time in number of reigns, combined title defenses, and combined days as champion. In fact, he is tied with the great Tiger Mask for the second most IWGP junior heavyweight championship reigns, trailing only the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger. Pretty impressive company. Unfortunately, just like Bear said, we haven't really seen him translate that success to NXT. In that same breath, Pete Dunne, the dominant former United Kingdom champion who, forget about stole the show, had, in my opinion, a five-star match against Tyler Bate for the United Kingdom championship when he won it from him at a takeover event, might I add. We saw him dominate. We saw him establish himself as one of the absolute best wrestlers in the world. And he did that at a fairly young age. And it's not to say that he's not still young. He's only 27. But we kind of haven't seen him blossom into what he's capable of becoming in NXT. And he's come very, very close. Obviously, the Broserweights became the NXT Tag Team Champions. Unfortunately, COVID made it so Pete Dunne could not return to NXT to defend those titles. And really, ever since then, we've just kind of been wondering when. When is Pete Dunne going to prove that he is in that top tier of professional wrestlers? And he's come close. He went to war with the Undisputed Era. He had a great NXT championship match against Finn Balor. He's kind of, you know, trending in the wrong direction, though. He needs this win. He needs to get back on the right track. But you could say the same thing about Kushida, and I think that's what makes this match so interesting. Two incredible technical wrestlers, two ruthless competitors, but at the end of the day, there's a sense of desperation because neither of them can afford to lose. And a win on this stage, not only a takeover, but a WrestleMania week takeover, it doesn't really get much bigger than that. And whoever wins this, you have to imagine, will be right back in line for a championship opportunity. Now, speaking of championship opportunities, there is an opportunity of a lifetime for three tag teams because the NXT tag team titles are vacant. Only Lorcan still active. Unfortunately, Danny Birch had to step aside because of an injury. And as such, the NXT tag team titles were vacated. And here we are looking at another match that could very well steal takeover week. I guess it's not a weekend takeover weekdays. Uh, MSK Wesley and Nash Carter, formerly the rascals have burst onto the scene. It took them no time at all to establish themselves as almost the tag team faces of the brand. NXT seems very invested in them. It's easy to see why. MSK won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic this year, and 
now they're in that inevitable position of challenging for the NXT tag team titles. It's just a little bit of a different environment than they expected to be in. And they have two tag teams that absolutely hate them standing across the ring from them. One of those tag teams, Legado del Fantasma, the stable mates of NXT cruiserweight champion and not interim, the actual one, Santos Escobar. And of course, grizzled young veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson, the now two-time runner-ups of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. That has got to be painful to say for them or to hear, one of the two, or just to know, whatever, however they communicate it. Point is, all three of these teams have a chance to redeem themselves, to elevate themselves, and to become the faces of that NXT Tag Team division, which is one of the better Tag Team divisions in wrestling. I know it's had some ups and downs, over the past year or so, given the the state that the Undisputed Era has been in. But nevertheless, this is, I mean, there aren't many tag teams in the world better than these three tag teams. And now we get to see them at their best with all the pressure in the world to go out and become champions. And I don't really know who I think is going to win. I'm sure we all have favorites about in terms of who we want to see win. All I know is either of these three teams could walk away as champions and would be as deserving as they come. All of these teams have a history together. And if you listen to this podcast before, all we care about are stories being told, right? So, MSK and the Grizzled Young Veterans, MSK and GYV, we're just going to abbreviate everything. They're familiar with each other. Zach, Zach Gibson of the Grizzled Young Veterans fractured Wesley's hand in February, costing MSK their initial NXT tag team title opportunity from winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. You know, Gibson got his receipt, though. MSK retaliated. You know, meanwhile, Legato Del Fantasma have a history with MSK. They lost to Nash Carter and Wesley in the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic all these teams are going for the same thing and that is to become the top tag team in arguably one of the best tag team divisions in the world aew would like to have us have a word with us about that because they definitely have one of the better tag team divisions as well but we're not talking about aew right now bear shut up the nxt tag team division is stacked and having these three teams go at it makes the most sense for the vacant tag team titles. It's unfortunate that Danny Birch got hurt. It sucks for Orny Larkin because, you know, those two were fine. You know, those two were kind of coming into their own as the best tag team on the, on the, in the division. So seeing that, you know, eventually they are going to want their shot back at the titles. And I'm sure the winning champions will do just that for them, but I'm excited for this match too. You know, brain and I are huge advocates of tag team wrestling. We love tag team wrestling. And this is a throwback to all those. This has all the potential to be a classic because again, all, you know, six men in this match, two, four, six. Yeah. That's six men. Okay. Sorry. I had to do the math there. All six men here can definitely go out there, potentially steal the show, potentially make this the match of the night. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to see new NXT tag team champions. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the beauty of a takeover event. There's, We're only two matches in, and we're already talking about two matches that could very well flirt with or even achieve that elusive five-star status. And guess what? There are many more to come. And 
this is this is one of those unique matches once you get into this territory of how many people there are you never know how it's going to go but i'm absolutely thrilled for this match to be happening of course i'm talking about the gauntlet eliminator match where the winner will go on to night two to challenge johnny gargano for the nxt north american championship so we are going to kind of combine those two potential matches just because we don't know who's going to win the gauntlet eliminator yet but point is johnny gargano finally having a lengthy reign as a champion in nxt every time despite being the triple crown champion the original nxt triple crown champion he's never had a, a really extensive title run at least not in the singles realm and now he's the leader of the way and he has as indy hartwell of course his wife candace LeRae who we're about to talk about as well in a little bit, uh, and Austin Theory by his side. And they have really become a thorn in the side of everyone around them. And that's made Johnny Gargano hateable, which is something you'd never expected to say about the ultimate good guy. But that's what the reality is of this situation. And, well, I guess the... The smooth transition there is the number one guy who seems to hate Johnny Gargano is Dexter Loomis, who is one of the six men in the Scotland Eliminator match. He is my choice to win, optimistically, not because I know anything, because I don't know shit. Uh, explicit tag. There we go. Uh, it was me. And it wasn't me. Uh, nice. Well, no edits. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Dexter Loomis, one of my favorite wrestlers in the industry period. Such an incredible character. I mean, the the battle royal on NXT last Wednesday, where he literally just stood there and nobody wanted a piece of him for a solid twenty minutes. No one even tried to fight him because people know this dude's crazy and this dude is super talented, deceptively athletic, more skilled in submissions than you would think, and just hands down one of the best characters in professional wrestling. So good. Another great character, LA Knight formerly known as Eli Drake, a former TNA World Heavyweight Champion, or Impact World Champion, excuse me. Uh, another favorite, he won the Battle Royal, and he's a guy who Bear and I have both pegged as a future world champion in NXT, even in WWE, one of the best on the mic in the industry. Speaking of great on the mic, Cameron Grimes, to the moon, stealing the show every week. The stuff with the... <laughs> investing in a GameStop and getting rich is hilarious. Cameron Grimes is awesome. Everybody who watched PWG probably feels the same. Bronson Reed, another PWG alum, he's been killing it, and we've pegged him as a future world champion as well. And then you have Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Their rivalry is is bloodthirst. They, they just want to rip each other's heads off, and I think that – I mean, they are the first two entrants in this in, uh, in this gauntlet match, so we're going to see them get their their chance for their quote unquote pound of flesh. But regardless of who wins this match, the point is, you're going to have to go on tonight too, and you're going to have to face Johnny Gargano at a takeover. And yes, there are everyone knows the stats about Johnny Gargano's record at takeover, but they call him Johnny Takeover for a reason, Bear. And let's not forget. He didn't need help from anybody when he beat Kushida. And that's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Johnny Gargano, the heart and soul of NXT, now kind of like the agonizing a-hole of NXT. But he's still Johnny Gargano. And whoever the hell wins this gauntlet match, they're going to have an even tougher task on night two. It's, it's on, it, 
not that it's unfair for these six competitors, but they're going to have to go to war to make it to night two to face Johnny Gargano for the North American championship. And Brian explained it better than I ever could, you know, Swerve and Leon Ruff have been going at it, especially on social media against each other. Bronson Reed is one of those guys that's, you know, actually, no, all of these men, all six men are ready to break through. All six of these men are ready to break through, but only one man on this list is a former NXT North American champion. And that is Leon Ruff. Is he my pick to win this match? No. However, he's the only one with championship experience in this match. So great point. You got to give credit where it's due. And didn't he beat John Boy Gargano for this title? Twice. So, you know, I don't know, man. I think Leon's got a pretty good uh, chance here. But I'm excited for this match. You know, I think Gauntlet Eliminators are very unique. LA Knight obviously has the advantage given he won the Battle Royal to become the last entrant in this Gauntlet Eliminator match. And every four minutes, a competitor will enter. The only way to be eliminated is via pinfall or submission. These six men are going to go to war, but you kind of have to go to war when you're going to go for a prestigious title like the North American Championship on night two. So it's an unfair advantage for Johnny Gargano, but he wouldn't be that agonizing a-hole as Brian alluded to if he didn't make these six competitors go through absolute hell to defend his championship. And really, whoever wins, whoever we get to see against Johnny Gargano on night two, Sign us the hell up. Every one of these potential matchups would be awesome. You know, Johnny Takeover is going to bring it. And, and really, you know, I'm excited to see this because, as Bear said, five of the six wrestlers in this match have never won a title in WWE slash NXT. That's cool. This is a great opportunity for them to make a name for themselves. And although I'm pulling for Dexter Loomis, I'm a huge Bronson Reed fan. It's thick boy season over here. And uh, LA Knight. I can't say it enough. Best on the mic in the industry, at least high on that list. He's a future star. Really, wh- whoever wins, any of these six men, night two is going to be stellar. And that's all we can ask for as wrestling fans. Now, speaking of all we can ask for as wrestling fans, I guess we can't ask wrestlers to do much more than to put themselves through physical hell. And that is what the fuck is about to happen on night one of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Probably the hardest hitting match you're going to see in a WWE ring in 2021. And we're still going to get Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. So that's saying something. Walter has come to NXT and he has made it abundantly clear what he's here to do. And that is take out Tommaso Ciampa. I, I haven't been this excited for a Tommaso Ciampa match in a while. That's not an insult to Ciampa. He's great. But this is like Champa in his element. This is physicality personified. And Walter, you know, it's funny. We all have the conversations about who's the best wrestler in the world. Who's the Walter deserves to be firmly in that conversation. I don't think there's a guy in wrestling or a woman in wrestling who can end a match in so many different ways as Walter can. He could choke you out. He could powerbomb you. You could fly off the top rope. There's a hundred different ways. His chops are like, machine guns he it i don't think i've seen we've seen a lot of great wrestlers with a lot of great chops over the year obviously rick flair the goat of the chop and you know roderick strong chris benoit etc etc some great chops walter has turned a chop into basically like a finishing move it's absurd and 
if you haven't watched Walter wrestle before, if you haven't watched his matches, such as that five-star clinic that he had against Ilya Dragunov last year, please go back and watch that match. Check out his matches with Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay, Tomohiro Ishii, et cetera, et cetera. Even Keith Lee. Walter's awesome. And Bear, if you're going to introduce Walter to an audience that might not be as familiar with him as you should be, well, doing so against the guy who once held Goldie is a pretty good tactic. I'm, I'm excited. You know, obviously I'm excited for this whole card because I think there's no card in professional wrestling like takeover. And this kind of solidifies it because you have Walter who's currently in his record setting UK championship reign. And then you have Tommaso Ciampa who, you know, tried the tag team thing with Timothy Thatcher. That's actually why this feud has started in the first place, right? Imperium came out and they tried to recruit Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Thatcher obviously has a history with Walter in the, in the independent scene, all that good stuff. Ciampa's like, no, screw off. I don't want it. And then Walter beat the crap out of him. So I think that's a good way to start a feud. You just beat the crap out of each other. And this match is, it, I said this about Kushida versus Pete Dunn, where they're going to, where they're going to fight, but it's going to be more of a technical fight than anything. This is just an all-out fucking... Uh, I'm going to swear because we already swore. This is an all-out fucking brawl. Walter's going to beat the ever-living fuck out of Tommaso Ciampa, and Tommaso Ciampa's going to take it and beat the fuck out of Walter. It's beautiful storytelling 101. Sometimes you need this on a pro wrestling card. You just put two dudes in there who are just going to beat the ever-living hell out of each other, and I'm very excited about that, and... On top of that, it's for the NXT UK Championship, which is one of the better-looking championships out there. Seeing Champa win that title, I don't know how realistic that is because Walter's just been dominant as champion. But seeing Champa win that title and potentially move over to the UK to defend it against guys like Tyler Bate and guys like Trent and all the other NXT UK talent over there. We don't talk about NXT UK enough. Maybe we got to start doing that. I don't know. Champa would add a really cool element to that brand. Or we see Walter just beat the hell out of him and defend it and keep it. And Imperium continues to take over. You know, Imperium had that NXT, brief NXT champion, uh, tag team championship reign. I'm excited for this match. I'm really excited for this match because again, this is just an all out brawl between just, you know, we talk about meaty men slapping meat all the time, but these are just two dudes who are just going to beat the hell out of each other. And pfft, what more can you ask for in professional wrestling? Look, this is the definition of a takeover level match. And I don't know if it's going to steal the show, but I know it's going to be memorable. And I know that whoever wins that match, they'll probably get some time taken off of their career in the process. Now, speaking of two people who are taking years off of each other's careers, Io Shirai will defend the NXT Women's Championship, the most prestigious women's championship in the industry today, question mark. I don't think that's unfair to say. Very Io good. Shirai will defend that title against the most physically dominant woman possibly in NXT history, Raquel Gonzalez. Now, Raquel Gonzalez, obviously, fresh off of winning the first ever Dusty Rhodes Women's Tag Team Classic, along with Dakota Kai. They then became the first ever NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. But Raquel Gonzalez has been eyeing this match ever since she actually pinned Io Shirai at War Games. Raquel Gonzalez is a star. You, you see it as soon as you see her. 
she went to war with Rhea Ripley in some of the most physical matches of the year. Uh, they they tore each other apart, and now Rhea Ripley is headed to WrestleMania to challenge Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship. The fact that Raquel Gonzalez. Again, sorry to overuse the phrase, but got her pound of flesh from Rhea Ripley, including getting a win over her. That says something. And now, if you've been keeping up with NXT, Raquel Gonzalez, essentially, it's like Peter Griffin and the the chicken rooster, if you're a family guy friend, uh, fan. They see each other and they just start beating the crap out of each other. And more specifically, Raquel Gonzalez just loves to throw Io Shirai into shit. She powerbombed her onto the announce table. She threw her into the plexiglass. She literally threw her through a wall backstage. And then Io Shirai reminded everybody, hey, there's nobody like me in wrestling as I springboard to the outside of the ring and land on a bunch of people. Awesome. I'm hyped for this match. I don't know which way it's going to go because Raquel Gonzalez very much represents the future of women's wrestling, not only in WWE as a whole. She's only 30 years old. And she hasn't really been wrestling that long, all things considered. She debuted in 2014. And more importantly, from the time that we first saw her on NXT television compared to today, she is leaps and bounds. It's incredible. She has developed so well in the ring as a character. I'm I'm so excited for this match, especially because, look, Io Shirai has a very strong case for take gender out of it, being the best wrestler in the world. Io Shirai is incredible. She's had countless incredible matches over the course of not only her NXT career, but her NXT Women's Championship reign that, by the way, recently eclipsed 300 days. Incredible. Now, perhaps Io Shirai walks away. Perhaps Raquel Gonzalez wins. Either way, Bear, we know Dakota Kai is going to be a factor. Io Shirai, just shout out to Brian for this stat, by the way. He just posted it on Facebook. He's very good at the Facebook thing. I'm not. But Io Shirai just broke 300 days as champion. She's been one of the more dominant NXT women's champions in history, and that's a huge compliment considering the lineage of this championship, right? Charlotte Flair has held it. Rhea Ripley has held it. You know, I can go down the list of all these women that have held the NXT women's championship. Io Shirai's been killing it. And for the past 300 days, she's been just knocking anybody and everybody down, right? Candice LeRae couldn't beat her. Tony Storm couldn't beat her. Dakota Kai couldn't beat her. Tegan Knox couldn't beat her. Raquel Gonzalez is a lot different than those four chicks I just mentioned, though. Why? Because she's a legit, you know, no, this is no offense to Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai, or Tegan Knox, but Raquel Gonzalez is a badass. She's definitely the future of not just NXT women's wrestling, but like if, and when she's quote unquote called up or, you know, we like to say called linearly is linearly a word. I don't know. Once she's called to raw or SmackDown, she's probably going to dominate there. There's a reason I know the reign was short, but there's a reason her and Dakota Kai were the first ever NXT women's tag team champions. That's a stat they'll have for the rest of their lives. Even though the reign only lasted that night. So not even a whole episode of NXT, whatever. Raquel Gonzalez is the future of pro wrestling, but Io Shirai is the present. So we really have a cool element here of present versus future. Does NXT pull the trigger on the future now? Do, do we still have Io Shirai continue her reign of dominance? I'm excited there. I don't see any other way this could 
not be the main event of night one. I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited to see the, these, I'm going to use a brand phrase here because, you know, he loves AJ Styles. I can't wait to see these styles clash in a real one-on-one match because all the potential is there in the world. There's a reason this is the main event and I can't wait. I just can't wait. You know, I know main events don't usually steal the show, but this is Io Shirai we're talking about putting her in there against an opponent like she's never had before, like Raquel Gonzalez. How do you not have that main event to show? And if you want to know how bright the future of women's wrestling is, if you really want to know, try this. Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez are both just 30 years old. We could be seeing women dominate the championship picture for the next next decade. And hey, if this is the first of many battles to come, sign us up. Now, that concludes night one, but we're not done yet because we've got a night two to talk about. And we're just going to go right into it because that transitions into four other women who represent the present and future of professional wrestling. And that is the tag team of Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, the current and second ever NXT women's tag team champions, and the members of the way, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. This match has gotten pretty personal to some extent, but really what it comes down to is a lot of history that maybe if you're not an independent wrestling fan, you don't quite know about. But Candice LeRae, I mean, an independent wrestling legend, I don't think it's unfair to call her that. She was one of the women who broke down the barriers of intergender wrestling, which has become a huge part of the independent wrestling scene. She's a former PWG World Tag Team Champion. She has thrived in many regards, but not a lot of talk, at at least in my opinion, not enough talk about what she did for women's wrestling on the independent scene. And one of the women who she has a decent amount of history with is Ember Moon. Now, they come to NXT. Candice LeRae, for all that she's done, has never won a championship in NXT. Her husband, Johnny Gargano, he's been a little more lucky. We just talked about it earlier. He has finally had a lengthy title reign. Maybe the way they've figured out the way to be successful. I'm sorry. Uh, Candice LeRae, maybe this is her chance to finally break that dry spell. Maybe this is her chance to become a champion and prove that she is a championship level wrestler. And if she's going to do that, having such a promising young talent by her side and Indy Hartwell, who's still good Lord, only 24 years old and already this talented that it doesn't make sense. We say this all the time about the wrestlers in professional wrestling today. We just said about Pete Dunn. He's only 27. And it's how are they this good this fast? Like, I feel like this didn't used to happen. It's amazing. Wrestling is awesome. And, On the other side of the ring, Ember Moon, a former NXT Women's Champion herself, and Shotzi Blackheart, who has become really one of the faces of NXT. This this just has a lot of... This has four women who are either contemporary stars or look like they're going to become stars. And fighting over, yes, newly established titles, but titles that are essential to NXT's women's division being essentially the gold standard for women's wrestling in 2021 and beyond. I think that this match, even with new titles, it's as important as any match around because 
quite frankly, this is where NXT gets to further establish this tag team division. And Bear, I don't, I don't know if there's two better teams to do it with than the ones we're about to see. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I can't wait for this card. This match in particular catches my eye because Brain and I really paid attention to particularly Candice LeRae on the independent scene. It's so strange to us that she has yet to capture that lightning in a bottle in NXT quite yet. You know, she's yet to win any championship gold, but having Indy Hartwell now on her side, along with Austin Theory, who may be a factor in this match as well. You never know. Or Johnny Gargano, who's, you know, we talked about him. He's going to be late, um, busy later in the night defending his North American championship. But the way has all the potential to add more gold to that stable with these NXT women's tag team titles. I'm excited for this match. You know, I don't know if you remember in the women's Dusty Rhodes tag team classic earlier this year, Blackheart and Moon defeated LeRae and Hartwell to advance in the tournament. Candice and Indy just may have learned a thing or two. Won't make the same mistakes twice. Now we have all the potential for another quality tag team match. And I'm excited because these title, these NXT women's tag team titles already have the potential to be better than the WWE women's tag team titles. And I don't mean to be a dick about it, but it is what it is, you know, but I'm excited for this match. I'm excited because again, Brandon and I are tag team lovers. We just, Oh God, that came out weird. We just love tag team wrestling. Okay. And we're excited for this tag team match. God. And we are. Well, yeah, well you dirty pigs. Yeah. Oh bear. Okay. Well on to the next, (laughs) on to the next match, ladies and gentlemen, we don't really though. In all seriousness, the NXT women's tag team titles already feel prestigious, even though they're what a month into existence, they feel important and matches like this getting them in a premier position on a major card has already established them as being a significant factor in NXT. Now, transitioning from a tag team environment to a singles environment, we're going to learn who the true NXT cruiserweight champion is, AKA we're going to learn if Jordan Devlin can become a two-time champion because he shouldn't be recognized as one continuous reign. I digress. Point is we're about to see a ladder match that, I'll steal Bear's line, could very much steal the show. Jordan Devlin, one of the most talented wrestlers in the world today, no question about it. And Santos Escobar has just been an absolute star. The guy has a presence about him. A lot of people know him from Lucha Underground. A lot of people know him from AAA. He even had a run in Impact Wrestling. The guy is absolutely incredible you know former king cuerno or elio the fantasma you've known him by a lot of names but the one thing that is constant is santos escobar is a star he should not be called the interim cruiserweight champion he should be recognized as a legitimate champion because he has been one of the driving forces behind the success not only of the cruiserweight division in 205 live but of nxt as a whole He's been outstanding. He is a future world champion. I don't think there's much question pertaining to that. And now he gets a chance to go out there in a ladder match, which is always a recipe for both entertainment and disaster, and prove that he belongs at the top of the cruiserweight division once and for all. And, well, let's just cut right through it. We're rooting for him. I know Jordan Devlin cut a promo that said that Escobar was a fill-in. And I know 
maybe I'm not, I don't want to use the term breaking kayfabe, quote unquote, but for God's sake, if Santos Escobar doesn't win, I'm, I'm going to be really upset. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter to NXT creative and be like, what the hell are you guys doing? Unless this translates to a Santos Escobar NXT championship, you know, contention or something like that. I think that's the only logical place for this to go because screw Jordan Devlin, you know, I get it. The pandemic forced him to stay in the UK and he couldn't really defend the title when there's no wrestling shows going on in the UK, but in Jordan Devlin's defense, he did have a couple of pretty good matches against guys like Trent seven and bomber Dave Mastiff on NXT UK. So when he came over to NXT to prove that he was the true cruiserweight champion, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of situations happened and we don't bottom line. Look for Shawn Michaels to announce this as a ladder match, you know, the he's the pioneer of the ladder match, right? Him and Razor Ramon had a outstanding ladder match for the unified intercontinental championships many moons ago. So for that, for him to come out in NXT and just throw a ladder in the ring, you're sitting there, you're like, damn, that's pretty badass, right? I can't wait for this match. Obviously, you know, Brain and I are big fans of ladder matches, right? A weird thing to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know you're not going to edit anything out, but like this, I'm just, I can't wait for this match. <laughs> bottom line, because Santos Escobar better win, and that's the bottom line. Because I fucking Julio said so, baby. Yeah, damn it. You know, look it, at the end of the day, we have a ladder match on a pay per view. Everybody's going to be watching that. That that's really what it comes down to. And the fact that the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, a title that has been very much elevated by Santos Escobar as the rightful NXT Cruiserweight Champion, is on the line. That that's icing on the cake. As Bear said, if Santos Escobar does lose this match, it's such an easy transition to have him go after the NXT or North American Championship. He is a star through and through. He is a future world champion and. Win or lose this match, that dude's trajectory is through the roof. Now, we already had talked about the Johnny Gargano versus the Gauntlet Eliminator. Again, the guys, Gauntlet Eliminator match winner. That's a mouthful. Uh, so we're going to... A lot of words. A lot of words. So we're just going to say, well, we already talked about it. Moving on. And we move on to... We've talked about physical matches. We've talked about technical masterpieces. We've talked about fights. We've talked about wars. There's nothing in professional wrestling quite like this feud and this match that is about to happen. And that match, of course, featuring one of the best match preview videos in wrestling history. If you haven't seen it yet, watch NXT Go on the WWE Instagram account or social media, wherever, and check it out. Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, a match more than a decade in the making. You know, Future Shock, the tag team that was together in 2009. 12 years of history between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Best friends who have been essentially going step-by-step step with one another throughout their careers. They came up in similar places, obviously, that being Ring of Honor, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, etc. They came to WWE, specifically NXT, at similar times. Adam Cole actually debuted at TakeOver when he attacked Drew McIntyre with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. And the Undisputed Era, obviously, has become synonymous with NXT. 
They're the most dominant faction in NXT history. All four members held titles at the same time. And Adam Cole is, I mean, he's, he's on that short list of the greatest NXT superstars ever. Former NXT champion, North American champion, tag team champion. He was the second ever Triple Crown champion. He won the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic in admittedly controversial fashion. And who did he win it with? Kyle O'Reilly. Now, Kyle O'Reilly has always, let's be real, he's lived in Adam Cole's shadow. He's been a quote-unquote tag team specialist with Red Dragon, which turned into the Undisputed Era, he and Bobby Fish. They were dominant as a tag team, not only in the United States, but all around the world. They are former two-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. They won the Super Junior Tag Team Tournament. And of course, in Ring of Honor, three times they won those tag titles together, which goes with the three times that Kyle O'Reilly became an NXT Tag Team Champion, a record, by the way. Two things that not so many people talk about is Kyle O'Reilly also became a PWG world champion, and he also became a Ring of Honor world champion. Now, why is that relevant to what we're talking about right now? Well, in PWG, it sold our soul for rock and roll. Kyle O'Reilly defeated Adam Cole to become the PWG world champion. If you think that's where it all stops, you're wrong, because at Final Battle 2016, Kyle O'Reilly defeated Adam Cole to become the Ring of Honor world champion. And now, after two failed attempts at winning the NXT championship, Kyle O'Reilly will look to prove that he is a world title-level wrestler by beating Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. There is 12 years of history, probably even more than that, between these two guys, and now we get to see it play out WrestleMania week at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. You want to talk about physical? You want to talk about a war? Maybe that can apply to other matches, but this is the most personal rivalry in professional wrestling right now. And considering these guys consistently churn out classics whenever they're in the ring together, you want to talk about stealing the show? This could be match of the year. Man, isn't wrestling beautiful when stories are just told and we have just, yeah, chef's kiss, right? Like, in particular, you know, I've watched all the matches that Brain just alluded to between O'Reilly and Adam Cole. But at Best in the, Ring of Honor, Best in the World 2012, and I don't know if you guys watched that. If you haven't, check it out on YouTube or wherever you watch your Ring of Honor content. Look, they beat the ever-living fuck out of each other. And that is beautiful to me because it's pro wrestling personified. I didn't know what the hybrid rules meant at the time didn't really matter because they beat the ever living hell out of each other. And now there's another compelling story being told here in NXT all these years later between these two guys who are at the top of their game right now, you know, all those years ago, they were just coming up right uh, in ring of honor and pro wrestling gorilla, all that good stuff. They form undisputed era with two fellow indie wrestling legends in Roderick strong and Bobby fish. You know, obviously we saw how O'Reilly and fish were, one of the better tag teams of all time in NXT at, along in undisputed era. Roddy strong had that awesome NXT North American championship brain and Adam Cole, obviously being the leader, former NXT champion. I loved that stable together, breaking them up. You know, it happens in wrestling, right? 
breakups happen all the time. You know, damn near cried when the shield broke up because I'm like, no, don't do this to them. What's Seth going to do without Roman and Dean? And then you're like, damn, Seth ended up just fine. Same thing here with Undisputed Era. You know, you're sitting there. I sat there and I'm like, well, what are they going to do with these guys? And it's like, I think they're you're going to end up just fine. And at Stand and Deliver, they're going to end up just fine yet again because this is the co-main event of night two of their WrestleMania week. Something tells me they're just fine. You know what I mean? But I can't wait. I can't wait for this match. This might be my most... I'm most excited probably for this match because of the story that's been told on NXT TV for the past few months now with Undisputed Era when Adam Cole super kicked Kyle O'Reilly after Kyle O'Reilly's insane match with NXT champion Finn Balor, who we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes. This story has been such a slow and nice build, and it's been brewing for months now, and now it all comes to a head here. I'm so excited for it. I don't know where they go after, but that's probably the most exciting part because does Adam Cole shift his focus towards the NXT championship? Does Kyle O'Reilly allow him to? Kyle O'Reilly has had some NXT championship opportunities against Finn Balor. They've been stellar matches between O'Reilly and Finn. I I'm, I'm so excited for this match. NXT is in. I just, I love NXT, man. I'm so excited for stand and deliver. I'm excited for this match and I'm excited for the main event that we're about to talk about here, brother. Isn't that crazy? After everything we've just talked about over the past, who knows how long it's been, maybe close to an hour now. We still have, <laughs> potentially the best match of the card i think we're all holding out hope that a certain demon might show up maybe it's been a minute it's been a minute and this seems like the kind of matchup it would happen for but let's even say that doesn't happen the current nxt champion versus the man who never lost his title we've seen this kind of match before adam cole versus Tommaso champa comes to mind by the way an instant classic that match was Edge was recently on NXT and he said just a few words about Finn Balor that seemed to really apply and encapsulate it all. And that is you are on a different level right now. And Finn Balor is simply on a different level right now. Remember when he used to just come out and smile? That was fun times. Uh, Finn Balor (laughs) reinvented himself in NXT. One of the my opinion, one of the best heel turns of the last 10 years, that uh, uh, Pele kick, I guess we would call it. Is it a Pele kick? More like a bicycle kick, but there's already a move called a bicycle kick that isn't really a bicycle kick. I'm I'm rambling. Point is, Finn Balor, he's reinvented himself since he kicked Johnny Gargano in the skull, and he has become arguably the best version of himself. You know, you're talking about the guy who founded Bullet Club, the group that has changed professional wrestling forever, which means Finn Balor changed professional wrestling forever. Where are his royalty checks? Shout out to E-Feds. But look, former three-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. And in addition to being a three-time IWGP Heavyweight Champion, He is actually second all-time in days as IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. That's insane when you think about the fact that in three championship reigns, he defended that title 15 times. 15 times, third all-time in IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship history. 
Finn Balor was a legend of that division. He was also a six-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion. He was the best of the Super Juniors winner on two separate occasions. The guy clearly came to WWE and more specifically NXT with the potential to be a face of the industry-level talent. He won the NXT Championship. He won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. He became a two-time Intercontinental Champion. And of course, he was the first ever WWE Universal Champion. But even still, it felt like something was missing. And then he came back to NXT rather unexpectedly. And it's like we're seeing everything that we had hoped to see all along. The the Prince is back. And well, as great as that is, the unfortunate reality is that standing across the rig from him is the guy who held the title right before him, never lost it, and might be the most intimidating wrestler in NXT. That man, of course, Bear, is Karrion Cross, who comes out to the ring with Scarlett Bordeaux. And well, TikTok, we're almost at what could be one of the best main events of 2021. Have we seen Karrion Cross lose since coming to NXT? I don't believe we have. And if that's the case, and if my memory serves me right, it usually doesn't, but we're going to pretend like Harry and cross hasn't lost. He never lost the NXT championship, which brain alluded to before he's looking for it back. He never lost the championship. He beat Keith Lee in a very good match. He separated his shoulder during that match against Keith Lee to win the NXT championship. Unfortunately it's pro wrestling. As Jr. once said, it ain't ballet folks. Karrion Cross had to relinquish the, relinquish the title just three days later. Unfortunate stuff happens. But when one door closes, another opens, and Finn Balor has just been destroying it as NXT champion. For the past, what, like six months, Finn's been champion. He's been taking on anybody and everybody. Yeah, he was injured a little bit, but came back strong. Beat Kyle O'Reilly in two excellent matches. Beat, up, beat Pete Dunne in an excellent match as well. Those two have unreal chemistry together. I, if we get Pete Dunne versus Finn Balor again, I it's it's must see TV, just like the match with Kyle O'Reilly. But carrying Cross, you know, again, so much to go off of here. Never lost a championship. That scene, I a couple of weeks ago on NXT when Finn Balor didn't even turn around, but he knew carrying Cross was behind him. Finn Balor said, "You know what took you so long? Finn's been waiting for this." This is one of those cool matches where it's like, you know, they didn't have too many months to tell the story quite like Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, but it just, it works, you know, and this is Finn's biggest challenge to date with the NXT championship in this, in his current reign, his second reign overall. I'm very excited to see how this goes down. I'm very excited that this will be the main event. Scarlett will definitely play a factor in some capacity as she usually does being Carrying Cross's manager. So I'm excited. I know the dynamic is unique, right? Because Finn is essentially a heel, Carrying Cross is a heel, but it works. It just works. I'm very excited for this match. And Brian, I think we're done with both these cards. I think you're right. But there is one thing I just want to add about oh. Finn Balor. Honorable mention? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> not this time i apologize ah, folks ah. but there's one thing i want to say that i think goes mightily underappreciated now 
Finn Balor, believe it or not, has wrestled 15 matches at NXT TakeOver, a record. He is 14-1 and one in those matches. The only match he lost was a steel cage match at WWE NXT TakeOver The End to Samoa Joe. And that, of course, is after he had actually beaten Samoa Joe at two separate NXT TakeOver events before that. Finn Balor is... Whoever your favorite is, that's, you know, good for you. I'm happy for you. Reality is Johnny Johnny Wrestling might be called Johnny Takeover. Finn Balor, in every sense of the word, is the best and the greatest wrestler in NXT history. It's objective at this point. More wins than anyone at TakeOver, more matches than anyone at TakeOver. And beyond all of that, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, one of just three men to hold the title on multiple occasions. And now he enters this match against Karrion Cross on the heels of not one, but two instant classic NXT championship defenses, one against Kyle O'Reilly, one against Pete Dunne. And that followed some great matches he had, like at NXT TakeOver 30 against Timothy Thatcher, at NXT TakeOver Portland against Johnny Gargano. Finn Balor and TakeOver are synonymous. And I don't mean any disrespect to Johnny Wrestling. We know how great he is. But Finn Balor, if this is the last world title run that we see from him, and I hope it's not because he's smack dab in the prime of his career. He's too damn good. He is. And But if it is, you know what? This has been a legacy-affirming championship run. And we here at Heel turns and headlocks love carrying cross. We think the guy's a very compelling character. And, and if he wins, he wins. But Finn Balor deserves his uh, his flowers while he can still smell them. And the guy revolutionized professional wrestling forever. He opened a lot of quote unquote forbidden doors before it was a common thing. And I just want to say, as a Finn Balor fan, I've loved seeing him in this role in NXT. I think he's been outstanding. He's been a highlight of professional wrestling as a whole. And damn it. I'm so excited for this pay-per-view. I guess not even pay-per-view, only one of the days you have to quote-unquote pay. And look, whatever happens at TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, it's whatever happens. All I know is that this is a stacked card. Ten outstanding matchups, all of which have the potential to steal the show in some capacity. Wrestling is awesome. There's some stuff that isn't so great and we all know that but when wrestling is great there's really nothing like it and man this has all the potential to be one of the highlights of 2021 and on that note thank you all for listening you're the best and uh because you're the best we want to reward you with some free information about some things that you can pay for (laughs) bear it's done baby america You don't have to pay for this service, however, if you want to text us and tell us we suck. Hey, 614-450-0366. If you even call it, I might answer. Not Brain. Brain doesn't have this information. I don't know why I haven't given it to Brain, but eh, he doesn't need it. I can give you his personal number if you want it. 614-450-0366. We also have merch, which pretty soon I'm going to start shilling the crap out of more on social media because why not? They're nice shirts. I have a couple of t-shirts, you know, like brain's got one or two of them, you know, they're quite comfortable. I'm, I'm working on hats. It may not happen. I don't know the, the price, whatever. My point is what a maneuver.net. 
forward slash collections forward dash forward slash heel dash turns dash headlocks t-shirts hoodies infant onesies you name it they've got it at whatamaneuver.net um what else can i shamelessly plug i think that's it right brian lapre now please tell these people what to do next well there's a lot of things you can do i guess we can't tell you what to do but we're gonna ask you to do just a couple of things and that is number one stay safe number two wear your mask and number three keep on loving professional wrestling i miss that so much and boom you've been listening to heel turns and headlocks with bear DeGiulio and brian lapray we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon with more but until then reach out on facebook at heel turns and headlocks on twitter at heel underscore turns underscore pod and on instagram at heel turns and headlocks we'll see you next time